Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday here on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Always great to be with you. This is the extended version of Inside Sources. We'll take you all the way to 3 o'clock today when Jeff Kaplan will take the baton, take the mic, and get you safely home with all the news traffic, weather, insight, analysis uh, that you're going to need to get you home and smarter uh, because of uh, listening to Jeff today. So stay tuned for that coming up at 3 o'clock today. Uh, As I mentioned before the break, uh, many of you know that I I wrap up the program every day with a really simple line. See something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Those are three pretty basic things. But three things that if we will actually do them every day, make a world of difference, make all the difference, really. And getting into the habit of, of seeing, saying, and doing something every day uh, really is where, where it all happens. Uh, and so I wanted to share today just to, to lighten up a little bit from a lot of what's going on in Washington and across the country uh, to, to focus on a few people who have done something to make a difference. One that caught my eye today, this was reported uh, in The Hill and uh, through CBS News in Des Moines, Iowa, of one Iowa man who did just that very quietly, but very purposefully set out to make a difference. He was frugal. He uh, didn't have a lot of assets going in. But he made a difference. Dale Schroeder was a uh, carpenter, carpenter who actually worked for the same company for 67 years. So 67 years as a carpenter for the same company. Uh, He grew up in a single parent household, had three older sisters, and obviously, uh, you know, taking care of all of those kids uh, was not an easy thing. And Dale Schroeder just kept putting money away. And when he passed away in 2005, he left almost $3 million for scholarships for Iowa teenagers so that they could attend college. And if you look at some of those who have benefited from Dale Schroeder, who, again, Dale Schroeder, you're never going to find him in the history books. Uh, You're not going to see a Wikipedia page dedicated to Dale Schroeder. 
But here's a guy, again, a carpenter, worked at the same company for 67 years and created this endowment of nearly $3 million that is providing opportunities, education, college tuition uh, for those who who really need it, who really need a, a chance to improve their lives, improve their opportunities for the future. Uh, one of uh, Schroeder's friend uh, told the CBS affiliate uh, that because uh, Dale Schroeder was not able to attend college himself, uh, he was just very eager to help young people who were in similar situations, that kind of financial hardship. Uh, he said he wanted to help kids who were like him that probably wouldn't have an opportunity to go to college at all, but for this gift. Uh, just interesting that, again, it's a really small thing. It's one person, but their generosity really, really paid it forward (laughs) to a host of people who, young students in challenging financial situations that are now benefiting because one carpenter uh, set money aside, saved, and chose on purpose to make a difference. And and granted, in the end, that turned out to be a a very big thing. But I guarantee you, when he got his paycheck every two weeks, uh, that was a decision. It was a decision to say, no, I'm, I'm going to put this into something that's going to help somebody I will never meet personally. Uh, that's character right there. That's the kind of character that we need more of in this country. So that turned out to be a, a big thing, but I guarantee you it was, uh, I'm sure there were many days and many times in Dale Schroeder's life where he had to remake that determination that, okay, I'm not going to buy that new big screen TV. Okay, I'm not going to get the new car. I'm going to make do with what I have so that I can make a difference for somebody I will never meet. Think about that. Wrap your head around that one for a minute. How many of us are willing to make sacrifices today for people we will never meet who might benefit from what we do makes a big, big difference. And uh, as I said, we need a lot more of that in the world today. Uh, But it does happen. It happens all the time. We reported uh, a week or so ago of uh, a gentleman who got on a flight uh, from California to Oregon and had a person sitting next to him, uh, an autistic young man, and the autistic young man handed him a note when he got on board. <laughs> and it was from this autistic boy's mom uh, saying, hey, my my son is autistic. He may ask you a million questions on the flight up. Uh, he may ask you how much longer till we get there a thousand times, uh, but I appreciate your patience. And she had included... <laughs> Uh, $10 so that the person could buy a drink if they needed to <laughs> for the flight. Well, it, it, it turned out to be quite the opposite. Uh, the man and the, and the boy turned out to be uh, good friends, seat, uh, travel buddies they became known as, and had a great experience on that flight up to Oregon. Uh, and that happens all the time. Uh, I read of a, a good friend of mine who uh, is well-known in the community, and was flying back to Washington, D.C. yesterday and just helped a mom who was trying to corral a whole bunch of kids and took time to entertain the kids, (laughs) uh, make a personal connection, 
And and that's what it's all about. I mean, to me, that's the thing. We always talk about this great Utah model. Uh, that's the Utah model that really works. People helping each other, neighbor helping a neighbor in need. That's uh, that's where the greatness of the community really lies. And and it's interesting today and over the next few days, we have many of the nation's governors are in town for the NGA, uh, National Governors Association meetings. And they're talking about some really important topics. They're they're talking about human trafficking. Uh, they're talking about all kinds of other issues that impact the governors of the country. But if they really, really wanted to take something back to their state, they'd, they'd look at the Utah model. They'd look at this idea of having a free market economy that's thriving with trying to get as soft and light a touch from uh, government regulation as possible. I still think we've got a ways to go on that, but we're, we're better than anywhere else in the country when it comes to, to dealing with some of those issues. And when you have a free market economy that's working and thriving, opportunities are coming. Uh, people have a chance to experience upward mobility. And then you have these strong institutions of civil society where you have neighborhoods, communities, religious organizations, volunteer groups, and businesses who aren't just giving back to the community. They're involved in the community and making a difference that way. That's the Utah model. Every governor in America and every member of the United States Congress could could learn a few things from the Utah model. Now, is Utah perfect? No, of course not. We have lots of work to do in a host of areas from housing affordability to the opioid crisis to uh, teen suicide and so on. There's a host of things we need to do better and, and get better at. But we have a model that works, and that's what we ought to be exporting to all the governors that are here this week and to every member of Congress as they look at how do we actually govern in a way that helps human flourishing, helps people do better. All right, we're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. Stay with us. When we come back, we're going to talk to Jenny Howe and your teens and their phones. Don't go anywhere. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Stay with us on KSL News Radio.